sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I guess I'll be the young boy for Bible reading this morning. No, I guess he's not here, so. Well, it's good to be with y'all. Welcome to visitors and each one that visits again like you had for the last few years. We're all special today. Thank you for coming. Well, let's take a moment to pray here. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We come in the gathering of your believers, of your children, what we call the church of the firstborn, the living. We come to you, Father, and thank you for your grace to us, for each one that's here, that you may bless them, that you may anoint them, and you may uh, bestow a word from heaven to all of our hearts today. So be in our midst, direct our thoughts and minds, and may your will be done. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so what I'm going to be talking on is a call to fathers. So I think, I think you'll find, everyone can find something in here worth applying, but it's going to be mostly geared towards fathers. And it came, this here came about as um, my wife and I had a a lengthy discussion. And uh, it's one of the things you go to bed and you intend to go there to sleep. And you get to discussing something and the more you discuss it, the deeper you get into it. So anyway, we had a good discussion. And I come out of that um, with the conviction that I was not being the father that I need to be. And the, this is the, the verse I'm going to spring off of in Malachi 4, 5, and 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming and the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. <clears throat> so, sorry about that, I didn't expect that. Um, so it was a call to me to turn the heart, my heart, to my children, and not just my children, also to my wife and to the needs of the family. <clears throat> so, um, I feel this here message, I... There's a lot, the more I got into this, the more I realized this is a large topic. And um, I don't feel I do it justice, so you're going to get crumbs and pieces along the way that you could, you could build a whole meal out of it, um, or a main message. But um, I feel a little loosely put together, so I, I pray that you can get something good out of it. As always, there are many places of our hearts for our hearts to be turned instead of to our children. 
There is the excitement of running a business and building your empire. There is your sense of duty and desire to excel that drives you to your job. There is the constant allurement of infotainment uh, or entertainment, if you know what infotainment is, the use of information mixed with a little entertainment to keep your attention. Um, I don't know if, I would suspect we tend to be given to that. We justify it as it's information, it's educational, this is good stuff, we're learning things, but yet it becomes a source of entertainment. And I found myself going down that road too much. And uh, just to be honest, after a conversation, I went to my emails and I hit a whole lot of unsubscribes. (laughs) So uh, infotainment is one thing that can... um, really steal our time there's the thrill of sports i don't know that you know some of us do some of that it can even be a ministry giving you fulfillment and joy and the sense of being part of something larger than you and uh you know i don't want to pick on that but it's a fact um even ministry can become a distraction from being a father at home i mean you can look at samuel you could look at eli and those are examples while all these may be good in their place they have the danger of turning our hearts away from our children so um, yeah I've got scattered thoughts through here I'll be reading it's hard for your it's hard to be your children's guide when you're disconnected from them so that's uh, that's the challenge here is are we connected with our children and again this is read um in Luke, it's written, And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So there's a lot of weight that they put on this. It's like, is it the last verse of the Old Testament? I don't know if that's coincidence, but it's there saying that John the Baptist will come, turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to their fathers, lest he smites the earth with a curse. So he builds a New Testament, or before the New Testament, that is what is in there. So I believe it's important um, for us. So what does it take to be a father with your heart turned to your children? And this is where I realize this is a a huge topic. So I'm just going to kind of, I guess... Um, skip through it for one we need to be present we need to be present in their lives and like the saying goes if you're home be there have you ever been home and not been there Uh, let's not be absentee fathers Uh, that's, that's very easy to be at home but not home there are many qualities of a good Christian father that we can find in the Bible, but we must start with the father simply being present. One statistic from the Department of Health and Human Services said that in 1996, this is old, so you probably could actually magnify it for today, 42% of single mother households lived below poverty level. That's almost half. 
yet only 8% of households with married parents were considered poor. So very few. If the absence of a father from a home makes that drastic of a difference in the finances, surely his absence affects so many other areas. Fathers, for the sake of your children and their future, be there for them. This is just a snippet I got. So be present. We need to have pity in weakness. Um, In dealing with children, you will find there's weakness. There's there's some that have weaknesses that others don't. Um, And give it all children are have weakness. They're smaller, they're younger, they're more inexperienced, they're weaker. Um, Psalms 103 says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him, for he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Often our children's inabilities and weaknesses can become a frustration to us. God sets an example by remembering who we are and having pity on us. We have many opportunities to do the same. So God says that he looked down and he's seen that we're made of dust and he pitied us. So um, I think it's a, a good encouragement for us as fathers to model after that. Do we have a child that, uh, you know, they can't lift their side of the whatever you're lifting? You know, it's, they can't lift it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Um, you know, that's just a small example. Do we have pity on their inabilities? <clears throat> God does on us. <clears throat> Rejoicing in their success. Now, these here are not even in order, so um, they're kind of sprinkled through there like a, a salad. <clears throat> Rejoicing in their success. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. That's Proverbs 23, 24. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. Do we rejoice with our children or or over our children? We need to take the time to show interest in the projects our children are doing and lessons that they're learning and rejoice with them in their accomplishments. And that's something that just takes a little slowing down. And uh, what are they doing? And rejoice with them and their accomplishments. Um, you know, the uh, we were working out at the barn yesterday, and I got called off to deal with the customer. And so the boys were left on their own, and we got a a scrap pile out there, just scrap metal I put there. And every now and then we haul it into recycle. <clears throat> well, they got to building something out of it and they built a house uh and uh though it was quite crude it you know things like that we could rejoice in you did a good job so rejoicing in their successes so when i think of that um i get the mental picture of a child playing softball football or some other sport and you'll see this uh we probably don't do this as much but As they play the game, they're always aware of their dad being in the bleachers. Why? Because they can hear his encouragement and his rejoicing in their success. Is that the dad that we are in our children's life? You know, uh, if if you go to this minor league 
games, I, I don't really, but you know, I kind of get the picture. Uh, there's that loud dad there that is just rooting for his child or his that's out there playing and um, rejoicing in their success when they hit the home run or they make the touchdown. Are we there rooting for our child's success? <clears throat> and a, another one, being the protector. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. So that's saying in the fear of the Lord, but do our children have a place of refuge under us as a protector? <clears throat> do our children find security just knowing that we are there? And recently, I'm not sure where the discussion was. We had the discussion about waking up with a bad dream and wondering where dad was. Um, I don't remember who it was with. So they're probably here, but... Uh, I had these memories of, you know, waking up in the morning as a little boy, having a bad dream, and you wake up just terrified, you know, petrified. And one of the first things I would do would look at the clock. If it was after 4 o'clock in the morning, Dad's awake and it's all fine. Um, Dad was my, he was a protector. Even though Dad's never been, my dad was never known to be a, a man that would, punch someone in the face to protect you. He was a protector. And um, if I woke up, I was fearful, and dad's awake, I could go back to sleep. So do we give our children that assurance, that security? I also remember, um, you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night, you know, dad's still in bed, and something, for some reason, you're, you're scared. Something's down there coming to get you. Well, you knew it had to get past dad's room before it would get to you, so you're probably okay. Um, I was upstairs, dad was downstairs. So do we give that, do we give that security? That, are we that protector in the heart of our children? Do they say, yes, dad's here, I'm okay. I'm protected. We are to stand in the doorway of our home, as it were, and not allow any evil to enter that will harm our family physically and spiritually. We are to be the protector. <clears throat> and uh, did a little research into this, and there's one writer that said it's, I didn't bring the information with, but it is, it is how would you say, design into the, makeup of a male to be a protector everything about a male is geared to protect and you know i thought it's, it's very interesting and just a note to youth uh, children teens whatever if you find your parents to be overly restrictive it's probably because they're being a protector and i don't think dads or moms are typically restrictive for uh, for your demise it's because the protector is coming out in them there is a protector that's that is it's in them it's their natural um, now it might not always come out right um, but usually they are being your protector <clears throat> another thing fathers are to be the provider 
A man also defends his family through what he earns at, in his work. That is, he doesn't just provide for his family, he protects them from poverty. He shelters them, takes care of their needs for a roof, food, and clothing. While dad has a job, the family feels secure. So we are um, the provider. And I think as fathers, it's, it's kind of a natural weight that falls on you when you have children. It's like, I got to go out and provide. I got to provide for them. And uh, so that's just a reminder. Most Christian husbands and fathers recognize the need to provide for their families materially. But if anyone does not provide for his, uh, there's a different version here, for his relatives and especially for members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's 1 Timothy 5, 8. Even as this is true in the physical realm, so is it true in the spiritual. By all means, bring home the bacon, but don't stop there. Practice consistent and regular family worship. Lead your family in reading the scriptures, praying and singing. Enjoy, take your family to church each week. Engage your family in the ministry of the church. Pursue hospitality by inviting others to your home. Pray with and for your wife and children. Don't think your job is done by putting a roof over their heads, clothes on their backs, and food in their stomachs. They are body and soul. They need your provision in the spiritual realm as well. <clears throat> so we as fathers need to be the providers. <clears throat> and another thing, uh, this is something that probably doesn't come natural for us. We need to be gentle and patient in teaching. And you fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4. <clears throat> There's a, the ESV says it's just slightly different. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, so anyway, we need to be able to teach our children and be gentle in doing it. Sometimes we may think that we have such big projects to do and so many responsibilities that we don't have time for children Jesus was not that way. Okay, that was in, in Mark 10, where it says, And they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. <clears throat> so he took time. Well, here he, he took them and blessed them, but uh, he took time for the children. Along with mentoring, it requires patience to train a child in the right way. Do not provoke or frustrate your children by unreasonable demands. Losing your patience with your children creates tension for everyone. It is very difficult for them to learn in such a caustic environment. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely guilty of this. Losing patience with the children when they're not getting it um, like you think they should. 
And does that promote learning? Do they get it better when you're frustrated? I don't even have to answer that. I think we all know. Um, Fathers need to have firm and loving discipline. Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in the subjection unto the father's spirits and live? So anyway, it's... It's saying here how God chastens us. Um, I don't know. I think maybe sometimes people are, um, well, this thing can go both ways. You can be overly zealous in chastening and you can be um, too uh, lax in it. But, but to know that God uses it and it's, and it's not... Uh, a thing of beating, it's a thing of love. <clears throat> the message that discipline should be relaying is that you are my child and I love you. <clears throat> Having a loving discipline shows ownership and care. <clears throat> this is what God said about David, I think it was, when he became king. He said, I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul. So here you see God's heart towards his son, his son David. He said, if he departs from the truth, um, if he commits iniquity, I will chasten him. But his mercy would not depart from him. So mixing chastening with mercy. Another thing that we as fathers need to be is supportive of our wife and the children's mother. And I think this is even, um, it's important, but I think even more important uh, for homeschoolers. we need to be supportive of our wife's and our children's mother efforts. <clears throat> Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. <clears throat> so this was written by, uh, I believe it was written by Solomon. Um, and he's saying, Hear the instruction of thy father, which was him, and forsake not the law of thy mother. So here he's enforcing the law of their mother. And that's what we, and I think, I think we do that, um, but that's what we need to do is enforce the law of their mother. <clears throat> it's very easy to get involved in other things and let our wife take care of the children. Um, that is very easy to go there. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I've been guilty of. <clears throat> 
We need to be actively involved in the teaching, discipline, and nurturing of our children. This is even more important if we're doing homeschooling. We can't expect our wife to do it all by herself. Our wives will face challenges in working with the children. Our children need to understand that dad's authority is behind mom's command. So we need to support uh, our wives' efforts with the children. Another thing we need to be as fathers, we need to be thankful. Um, And uh, there's just, there's a lot of things that we, how would you say, a lot of challenges that we can have in life that we can demonstrate to our children thankfulness. Um, When things don't go your way, are you thankful before the children? Um, Cease not to give thanks. Oh, this is Ephesians. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. We give thanks to always, we give thanks to God always for all, for you all, excuse me, making mention of you in our prayers. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. So here's, um, these were different, now that was probably all from Paul, uh, where he made it, he made it clear to the people, he was thankful for them. He made it clear to the churches that he was thankful for them and he remembered them in his prayers. And you know, it's just the challenge to me. Do we take the time to thank our children? Do we take the time to thank our wife for who they are and what they do? Do we show appreciation for them? Are we thankful? Um, do we allow them to hear us praying to God thanking God for them. Do we let our children know that they're appreciated? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We need to let our wife and our children know that we are truly thankful for them and verbally and practically let them know it. We need to also set an example of thankfulness by letting them know that we are thankful for our job, our house, where we live, who our neighbor is, who our customers and co-workers are, and who we get to fellowship with at church. Or do we let a subtle complaint come out of us? The customer had to deal with today. Um... You know, there's a lot of things that we can complain about. And I don't have to name them. You know what they are. But do we show a spirit of thankfulness before our family? Can we be thankful um, for the car that continues to break down? But I'm thankful I got a car. Okay, another thing, and this is, this is a big one. I'm not sure I can do it justice. Leading with clarity and courage. <clears throat> we need to lead with clarity and courage. And when I think of that, 
Um, I actually wanted to find a picture, and for some reason I didn't Google it right, I guess. But in my mind, there's a picture, uh, uh, let's see, like a, a general of an army standing on a rock pointing the way. Whether he's pointing with a sword or his AK-47 with a bayonet. But he's leading the charge. He's like, this way, follow me. Not that I'm indicating violence, but do we, do we set clarity, an example of clarity and courage to our family? This is the way, follow me. Do we lead the charge before our family into what's before us? We must put away fearfulness. And yes, we're all challenged with it. Fearfulness from what's before us. We need to overcome fearfulness. And I think this was, in Deuteronomy, this was written to Caleb, I think, Joshua. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that does go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. We need to be strong and of good courage and to put away fear. James 1.8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We will have a difficult time giving clear leadership to our family if we are vacillating in our own mind. If we in our own mind and heart aren't fully decided, and tossed around, we will have a hard time getting clear leadership, if it's even possible. We must be strong and courageous in our leadership. And here again in Deuteronomy, And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people, into the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Again, we need to go before our family and lead them into that promised land. And part, and this is a challenging part, part of leading with clarity is having a clear life. We can't lead with clarity if we don't have a clear life. A Christian husband and father cannot lead where he has not tread. Even as Paul admonished Timothy regarding the pastorate, keep a close watch on your life and doctrine. So it is true of the pastor of the home. If holiness be found lacking in our lives, then it will normally be lacking in our family members as well. The greatest impetus to their growth in Christ is our growth in Christ. Excuse me. Husbands and and fathers serve their family well when they are seeking to control their own anger, selfishness, pride, and tongue. Practice humility. Leading in Christ is different than the world's view of leadership. The world promotes a type of leadership that demands to be served. The Christian view of leadership demands to serve. 
Dear Christian husband and father, you are the chief servant in your home. Congratulations. In Christ, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. We lead by serving, and often that serving is sacrificial. <clears throat> so that's, I hope you can get something out of that. I, I feel it's a little scattered, but uh, just a, a reminder, fathers, we are ambassadors for God. We stand in his place before our children. What message are we relaying to them? So I hope you're encouraged, not discouraged. Um, it's possible. Keep pressing on.